What's up, guys? This is the Black John Travolta himself, Frederick Miles, from the Art of Being Human podcast. And Castro's making me plug where you can find our podcast, as if you're not already listening. But just in case you're not, here's where you can find us. You can find us at Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, be sure to check out the uh, latest episode of The Art of Being Human, uh, which is available now to the public. Is there anything else you wanted? Was there anything else? Am I done here? The lasso, Castro the asshole, turn him in a mincemeat for a ramen casserole. Beat it to a thick booty bad bitch. She'll fucking kill me if I try to feed a cabbage. Pussy fried catfish. I'ma hit them boys with Mandalorian hat tricks. I ain't never had shit till I turned to rapping. Oh, rapper the rapper, Kappa Lambda. I'm on some fred shit. Packing on Packers damage, damning or stacking damage. Acting out like an asses. If you move it against me, it's like my last. You should've taken some classes. Uh-huh. Baby, what is he rapping? If you couldn't hack it, then maybe you should trash it. I'ma serve it like a delivery package. Misery's a habit in the latest fashion. She likes to pull up in the fastest. Hoop me with the black tip. We get it cracking, she releasing the dragon. Hold up, fire breathing. I am not a heathen. I am just a lion crushing everything he's saying. Heat seeking, miss a lunch with a beacon. With all due respect, fuck you for even speaking, ho. Yo, 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 it's your man Castro X coming at you live and direct with the With All Due Respect podcast. Man, I got a very okay. special guest. Uh, been trying to get him in the booth for a while. Uh, the 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 uh, interview has been kind of delayed due to me. Seems like every time we try to sit down, man, my man's ready, and uh, I have something pop up. Uh, my life is hectic at times, man. But in the building with me today, man, I got a stand-up comedian, a uh, book writer. My man got the book out, uh, Mr. Caleb Kemp. Uh, you're not from Tulsa. I am. Are you? I was born here, and then when I was two, my parents, we moved to Russia with my sisters. Russia. What? Lived there for seven years, and then I've been back. Wow. But, but then I've lived in Phoenix, Boston, New York. So See, I've been around. Because that set you sent me, that set, that little bit of a set that I got to watch, uh, that was in Boston. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was mm-hmm. your time like in Boston? Oh, man, I love Boston. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, the city's so cool. It's old. The roads are winding. They say they used to be old cow paths, so they're just wandering around all uh, it's so green. Uh, I mean, it rains a lot, and it's colder than it needs to be. And it's like chilly into June. You could like wear a jacket in June, which is crazy. But I love Boston. The comedy scene's super good there. People are educated. There's like 50 colleges in the Boston area, so like you, you can just strike up these conversations with people, and it's cool. Cause I drove for Lyft for like a year. I did like 2,500 rides there, and so. It was like just getting to talk to all kinds of people, all different backgrounds, right? Which I liked. What What inspired you to go to Boston? Was it for comedy? No, it was uh, my ex wife. She uh, okay. she was going to grad school out there, so right we right we moved from Phoenix, where she was from, where we had gotten married, and then uh, so yeah, we were in Boston for two and a half years. 
So, man, I'm really uh, into talking to you stand-up comedians. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, one of my secret loves, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, it's something I think I've talked to you a little bit about. It's something that I personally want to do, but I, I'm a little too uh, cautious of it at the moment. I'm playing with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something I want to get into. Uh, not that I get to talk to many stand-up comedians, mm-hmm. so whenever I do get to talk to you guys, it's, it's, it's dope as fuck to me. Uh, man, what, what, what got you into comedy? Oh, man. So, like, back in high school, my friends got me onto some mainstream comedians. I mean, I'd watch, like, Christian comedians on DVD back in middle school, but... Anybody you can uh, name? Uh, well, so he started... The Christian ones... Well, there was, like, the Steve Hawkins guy, which he's big in Christian comedy, but the the mainstreamers that I... He got me onto was uh, Brian Regan, and then soon... After Brian Regan, so this was like right when YouTube was coming out, so 07, so Brian Regan, and then I quickly discovered Dave Chappelle and Dane Cook, so Ooh. those those were my favorites, and Dane Cook and Dave Chappelle still are two of my favorites. Yeah. So, but just realizing like, you know, I think I could do this, like I'm always cracking jokes in class anyway, I might as well try it. How long have you been doing it? So, I first did my first set when I was 18, and then I took five... I did. Th- I only did three sets, which three is my favorite number. It's funny how it always comes back around to me. But um, so I just did a few sets, and then five years later, I got back from a trip, and I'm like, just all these jokes were running through my mind as I was driving. I'm like I, sh- I need to do comedy again. So that was 2014. So I basically done it since 2014 pretty regularly. That's dope. That's dope, man. What's your uh? You know, just because I'm a nerd, man. We talked a little bit about it last night. Uh, as far as just your writing process, man, when writing your jokes, going into writing your jokes, what kind of mindset do you need to be in for that that kind of creativity? Uh, I think you you just gotta find the the place where you're like your mind just wandering the most, uh, whether it's driving or listening to music or take or showers. Those are probably my main three showers. Showers, yeah. I can dig that. <laughs> I can definitely dig but that. But just if an idea comes, then just try to explore, like, something that's kind of funny, and then just try to explore it for one or two minutes in your mind and, and see, like, try to get the most funny out of it in that moment that you can while you still think it's a great joke and while you're still excited about it. Just explore it, and then, like, if there's nothing there, then there might not be anything there. But, like, usually you can find that, like, one punchline that, like, you know you need to say and stuff right so man i got to catch uh you set live at an open mic at the first shop that's where we first we, where we first met at a uh performance earlier on that night mm-hmm. uh i don't remember what it was called what the place was called do you guys at have the any? press club the press club press yeah, yeah where yeah. uh josiah i think patrick mm-hmm. was there uh j-dub yeah and a lady and she did really well as well mm-hmm. sandra um, yeah, they well, were. She both. has a great podcast, by the way, too. I had no idea, man. Yeah. If you could connect us by yeah. any chance, that'd yeah. be amazing. Definitely do that. I'd love to talk to her <laughs> and oh, uh, J Dab as well. Josiah should be here uh, coming soon. Sweet. But um, so I yeah, I caught your open mic uh, mm-hmm. <coughs> set there, and uh, you know what I'm saying. I want to journey into the content of your jokes to a degree because cool. yeah, I got a follow-up question with it. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I want to talk about the content of your, your mm-hmm. jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, you have a, a little a little stick you do where you're talking about uh, your time in the, uh, the, the mental asylums and things. You know yeah. what I mean? You want to talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, let's see. So, I've now been in mental hospital. For, well, I won't say unfortunately. It, it, it is what it is. Four times... 
Uh, several of them were kind of related to like some trauma I had from my past relationship and just getting in my head and mm. just things she had done. So that was three of the four times. The other, the fourth time was just me misreading some signs and thinking that there was like abuse going on in my family and it turned out there wasn't abuse going on but it just like got me all upset and I ended up like jumping breaking through my glass in my window in my apartment and jumping out and then they you know took me to the hospital and stuff so so for a while I the only joke I had with that was like you know I um you know I've been in four mental hospitals in three states and you know I decided I want to go to I want to go to a mental hospital in all 50 states and I was telling my friend that recently (laughs) (laughs) my friend's like man that's crazy I'm like bingo so that was like the only yeah so that was the only joke I had and it always did well but then just as I've thought about it more just like more jokes came to me about you know comparing it to basketball and like I want to be the Michael Jordan of mental hospitals and (laughs) right be putting up triple doubles and winning championships and like you know, headlining and group therapy and stuff like that. <laughs> and so just, yeah, that's that's just how it goes usually. Like, you have a good idea, but then as more time passes, you can, you can find and branch more jokes underneath them. So that's how it's common. Now, that's, like, the thing I like to talk about the most. Like, I'm still excited to talk about it. It usually gets a good reaction, and I'm excited to – I probably have five minutes on it. I, I want to get to ten minutes and, you know, just keep going, so – so what I like about it, man, uh, first of all, like I said, I have a follow-up question, but let me tell you what I like mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. that. First of all, is the honesty in it, though. You know what I mean? Uh, people are scared to be themselves a lot, you know what I mean, to talk about who they truly are and what they truly been through. And you're like, <laughs> fuck it, I've been in the crazy home. It doesn't fucking matter. Let me tell you this story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I love the, the brutal honesty about it. Uh, I told you I've been studying cats like uh, Bill Burton. He's brutally honest. You he know is. what I mean? And yeah. I, I admire that in your set. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing time in the uh, mental asylums and things like that, man, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? Comedians often, uh, and it's came out a lot since Robin Williams, but uh, I mean, mental health mm-hmm. is a big thing I've found. It's very common amongst stand-up comedians. They, they suffer from some sort of mental health, man. What are your views on that? Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, it's pretty easy to get a like bipolar, uh, you know, um, diagnosis. Diagnosis. Yeah, it's pretty easy even for the general public. But but I think it's it's higher. So let's say the general public. Let's say it's eight percent could get bipolar if they, you know, were crazy enough with the doctor. Well, for comedians, I would guess it would be twenty. 20, 25%. So mm. it's like higher. And so, I mean, I think a big part of comedy is being able to see the world in a different way and being able to talk about it. I mean, you might be able to see the same things that everyone else sees, but you're able to frame it in a way that's funny and it's relatable. And so I think a lot of comedians, you know, they have the rough backgrounds, like maybe some abuse or bullying. I think almost, I would guess. 90% of comedians are bullied in school. I mean, I was bullied. I used to be small. I used to have warts on my hands. Like, I had glasses. I wasn't as athletic. I was kind of a late bloomer. So, like, all those things. But I think it made me stronger, you know, because they, they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, I think, right. I think I have thicker skin now. And because I didn't get... Because I chose not to become bitter with it, like, I can still have, like, a positive 
optimistic outlook on it all and like still be able to like talk about all these things with like a smile you know right i definitely feel that uh man i often wonder um the need to make somebody laugh do you feel that comes from maybe uh a sense of depression or things like that um just to capture that one laugh to be able to make them because you know everybody feels like shit everybody goes through it that's yeah. why i think what you guys do is so fucking beautiful because we all feel like shit but you guys are the ones that say hey fuck it even if i'm feeling like shit i'm gonna get up and i'm gonna make them forget five minutes ten minutes of their fucking day yeah. you know what i mean yeah i think that's a big part of it I mean, there is just a joy. I think comedians get some extra joy of getting people to laugh. I think we've, we've been able to get past the whole fear of public speaking, and, and so then we've found the, the fun of it, which is getting laughs. And, like, even if you're not even getting, like, laughs on every joke, like, if you're talking and, like, you see the crowd and they're just, like, smiling in between your jokes, like, you know that, like, they're enjoying it. And, like, that's just one of the greatest feelings is, like, when the crowd's just smiling and like you know they're enjoying it and like you know that if you tell a good joke like you're gonna get some good laughs you know? right i feel like it brings a sense of uh freedom to a degree a sense of uh liberation in a way man i don't know yeah I mean, it's real beautiful that y'all do that yeah. um thanks you know what i'm saying yeah. uh that's cool that's a good point man i'm weird i think weird yeah uh, you got some good analysis so you got a book out man yeah Tell me about this book. Let's go into this book. Uh, <laughs> I think that's cool that you wrote a book. Tell me all about yeah, it. Yeah, thanks. Uh, let's see. So, like, uh, 2013, when I had just gotten out of college, I took a big road trip. And around that time, I decided I wanted to go see a, a baseball game at all 30 MLB parks. And so I, uh, I started that on that trip. At that point, I'd only been to three or four in 2013, maybe five at the most. But um, I think five. And so I still had 25 to go to. And so I went on a two and a half week trip and I ended up going to like six ballparks, you know, St. Louis and um, Chicago Cubs and then Pittsburgh and New York and Boston. So, um, but anyway, on that trip, just a lot of crazy stuff happened. And I just like, cause like on that trip, I just, I was by myself. And so like I had to find entertainment myself. And so what? what I found entertaining was just like striking up conversations with strangers and just like not giving a crap like what they thought you know if there was a drunk guy in a bar and I wanted to say something to him and I was gonna say it and so that was kind of how the trip went and also I ended up like not being able to pay a bar tab at a comedy show and I had ever ran from the manager and he chased me down and the cops found me in the alley and all this stuff and um just sleeping in my car every night and staying at night in a stranger's house from a bar like this guy and uh just weird stuff that you wouldn't expect and so just as i was talking to people about it on the trip they're like man you should write a book and i was like yeah that's true and uh that's true <laughs> well that's what i thought i'm like yeah i should write a book so uh, so when i got back i ended up writing just like furiously typing on my computer i, I got most of it out in like two weeks and is this your first attempt at writing a book it was, yeah. Um, since then, I mean, I've I'm close to getting a poetry and short story book out, and then uh, I want to do a novel, but I haven't written too much, just like a chapter of a novel. But yeah, it was my first attempt. So the book isn't too like formal at all. Each chapter, I just like talk about lessons that I learned from that chap from that you know chapter of you know in Pittsburgh, like this and that. You know, some of them are like stereotypes. You know, I'm just like 
you know, in Pittsburgh people are jerks or, you know, stuff that's not necessarily true, but at the time it seemed like it was true. I mean, I was 22, but, um, but yeah, and then just expanded on it over the years. I'd add a chapter here and there, and so finally a year ago, I'm just like, man, I need to publish this. I've had the bulk of this manuscript for six years. Right. So. So what I like, man, just from what you're telling me, as well, I keep going back to it, I'm really into honesty, you know what I'm saying? You said it's not formal. I feel like that causes it to be more uh, honest to a degree. This is more of like who <laughs> I truly am, what I truly yeah. am, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's super honest. I could actually read your review that someone wrote of the book. Like Definitely he, feel free to share. Yeah, because he was like, he, he basically almost like, almost like to the degree of ripping me, but it's more just like, saying like Caleb really put it out there and like you know he you know you may not all you might think some of his um decisions are silly but you know this and that so um yeah I'm always looking to get some reviews on my book uh, I don't sell it online I just I sell it in person at like shows or when I run into people but um but I'm always looking for some reviews so I do have a Facebook page um you for can the book plug your Facebook if you want Okay, cool. So the the Facebook page for the book is less. It's long, but lessons of a baseball player who dreams of playing on a field of bread. So it's a reference to the catcher and the rye. So for a while, I would tell a joke. I was like, I want to write a book about a baseball player who plays on a field of bread. I pause. I'm gonna call it the catcher and the rye. And so it's like catcher playing on a field of bread. So, and I love bread. I'm a fatty. I love mason some bread. Like, I ate a whole loaf actually yesterday, fun fact, but That's it was Italian like. bread. Yeah, it was garlic, so I didn't feel as bad. I'm like, garlic's healthy, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the, the review, it says, uh, it has been said that youth is wasted on the young. This is not true in the case of Caleb Kempf, a young man who sets out to visit fields of dreams, <clears throat> meet people, and enjoy all that life has to offer be it good or bad a bit naive at times perhaps too trusting and definitely willing to jump off a cliff to see what lies beneath caleb is your guide to the lessons that life can teach you so long as you're willing to risk receiving any grade you will cringe at some of his decisions you will applaud him for making good ones you will wonder how he could do that and when the first part of his life's journey ends at page 190 you should realize the caleb at the end of the book is not the same caleb that started the journey I would say it's a good book, not a great book, though it could be a great book, except Hemingway might hit me in the mouth. That's beautiful. I like yeah. it. I like it. All right. I definitely need to check the book out, man. Uh, so then obviously comedy's not your only, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, market. That's not the only thing you're interested in doing with yourself, man. Uh, mm -hmm. As far as goals and things, man, I'm a very goal-oriented individual, and as are nice. many of my listeners, man, I like to build. It's healthy, That's you know cool. what I'm saying. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm curious as to, uh, I mean, what else makes your brain tick? What else are you into doing, man? What else is Caleb about? Uh, well, some things aren't like gonna make me money, but I just love doing like playing sports, and so uh, I just lost my membership recently, but. Um, but I'm going to be out at Gathering Place playing a lot soon. But I love to play basketball. I love to play softball, ultimate frisbee. So those are my three main sports. So, um, by the way, they do play frisbee, ultimate frisbee, Wednesday nights out in West Tulsa. So, um, I don't know. Not a lot of people know about it. But uh, when it warms up, I'll definitely be out there. 
but yeah, sports get me going. They keep me, you know, keep my blood pumping. Keep I think the creativity flowing. I think I think comedians should. They need to find some sort of exercise because like just get the blood blood and the ideas flowing and stuff. But uh, so th- there's that, and then of course there's travel. So I I love going all around the country. I love just getting in my car, taking a week or two, going up Canada or wherever, California. Um, let's see, writing obviously, poetry. Uh, a lot of times when I give someone a birthday card, I like to like write a poem in there, um, or like Valentine's Day stuff like that. Poetry makes me happy. I I like writing poetry too. That's like you know kind of like woke stuff social justice things like that you know stuff you read and you're like you know wants to make you be a better person Mm. and that's also like my goal some for my comedy is to like find stuff that's like still really funny but like sometimes will make you like take a step back and be like whoa like he's he's speaking truth up here and it's really funny too can i touch on that real quick um Another thing that I've I've started to love and learn about comedy, man, is cats like Dave Chappelle. Yeah, they're making you laugh, but mm-hmm. it's like they're preaching the whole time. They're talking truth. They're telling stories that you could take something and like learn life lessons from. Yeah, a lot, man. So I admire that. That's really dope that you're into that whole thing, man. Yeah, that's pretty fire. Yeah, I mean, think of that Dave Chappelle joke where he's like with when he's with his friend and like his white friend, and he's just like tells the cop, he's like, "Oh, officer, I just didn't know." I- I didn't know I couldn't do that, and it's like it's a line that like a lot of like you know depending on what color skin you can like you'd probably get away with, but like right, and it's messed up. And then he has the one about like you know the the dead rappers that the cops they would just sprinkle some crack on them, you know, mm. and they found the body. It's just like messed up stuff. And he was saying that stuff like I think that was oh one uh, killing them softly. So that was twenty years ago. And like stuff like well before Kaepernick came out or all these things in 2012, 2013, Michael Brown and, um, you know, all these police brutality, but like things that like America needed to pay more attention to, but we didn't, we laughed, but like, and that's the thing too, though. I think sometimes we'll laugh at stuff, but like we still don't make enough conscious effort to change, you know, like stuff this comedian in the 60s, Dick, Dick Gregory, he was saying, like, similar stuff as Dave Chappelle and, like, to white audiences, and they'd laugh, but, like, you know. So, I mean, I guess a comedian's job is to make you laugh first and foremost, but, um, and I, I'll give Chappelle credit. I'm not going to say, like, the, the crowd totally, like, didn't change anything. At least, like, it did open our eyes to it, even if we weren't, like, fully ready to, like, make the uh, the change. Right, so man, so you you seem very uh, well rounded in in regards to uh, what do they call it these days? Being woke to a degree, man. What are your views on the current state of just everything right now, our entire world, man? How do you feel about that shit? I feel like you could rabbit hole down that mm-hmm. that avenue. I'm curious. All right, that's a great question, um, man. People, we just weren't. People aren't willing enough to to listen to the other side and get a different perspective you know and so much of facebook you know you there's serious articles on there so and so gives 10 million to these people you know this organization or freaking there's one westbrook was going to produce a tulsa race massacre thing you know this year for the 100 year anniversary of it and like you know, there's people on there doing laugh, laugh reacts, and then someone saying, "Oh, it was a riot," and it's just like, what the hell? Like, hundred, 
you know, 100 people were killed, 200 people, like, it wasn't a riot, you racist F, like, you know. So, yeah, Facebook, you got to be careful there, because, like, it is kind of disheartening for someone like me when, like, you scroll down and, like, all these good things happening and people are just laughing at it and just making light of it and, you know, you, you see, there are, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bigotry and hate on, uh, online that you see. I mean, no one, no one ever is going to admit that, like, I'm a racist. No one's going to say that, but, like, you see it, like, all the time. And so, right. fortunately, though, the U.S. has made great steps, I think, with, uh, you know, making laws. And, like, the thing I love about legislation and laws is, like, people can still be racist, but, like, once the law says a certain thing, then, like, it's against the law to, to do that. So, like, the civil rights movement, people were still racist. They still are, some of them. But, like, because we have the civil rights movement, like, you know, the world had to come up to a, a better degree. And so that's that's one thing I feel about it. Another piece to it is I think there is a place for violence, you know, because, let's see, like, in South Africa with the apartheid, like, you know, you could say, hey, we need to treat black people better, but, like, until they, sometimes they, like, rose up and, like, fought, shot some people, like, you just, I just think you don't always get the, you don't get the message. And that sounds weird, but, like, sometimes you just, you got to meet, like... So, I think, just to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying, because mm -hmm. I, I think I agree with this 100%, um, talking doesn't always get the job done. No, you it doesn't. You know what I mean? I definitely agree with that a whole lot. You've heard me talk about this. I'm a very, uh, I describe myself as a aggressive and radical at times. I feel at times, man, you got to kick in the door you yeah. know what i'm saying and let them know that you mean business uh malcolm mm -hmm. x talked about uh you know what i'm saying don't turn the other cheek anymore there's no need for that if they're gonna hit you hit those motherfuckers back you know yeah. what i'm saying and i i definitely side with that way of thinking i believe yeah. in talking i believe words are powerful for sure you know what i'm saying i believe in the power of the pen but i also believe in the power of you know what i'm saying grabbing somebody up by their coattails and letting them know what the deal is as well sometimes That's it is true. necessary yeah you if know? you're if you're at a bar and you see some guy and he's you know he's not taking shit like and he, he pushes some people like you're not gonna go up to that guy and like you know it, it's visible that's like something that sticks in your mind but like I mean think with like Black Lives Matter so like a lot of silly people made too big of a deal of like oh they're you know they're they're looting stuff they're breaking the businesses you know they'd be like oh I would respect them if like they didn't do that but no that's just hiding behind it like you wouldn't respect them period like don't even don't even pretend like people people use that as like a smoke shield to hide behind of like oh you know they're they're looting but it's like they weren't gonna listen to them and like the looting actually made a point like if you get so fed up with some shit like you know uh, you know with Greg George Floyd if you get so fed up that like you're so mad that you aren't gonna break into something like that shows you that you're you're beyond the point of just like marching and chanting and so like i think i think that went hand in hand and like you saw this past summer with how many athletes were actually started doing stuff i mean lebron james got out there and he started like you know some like sort of get out the vote something like that and he he got like basically millions of signatures and like it ended up kind of helping sway the election in georgia and uh you know things like that people athletes were donating at higher levels than before um laws started to be changed you know statues started coming down like this was this was a big 
a big year for America, and I think it's because you know we we did break into some quick trips and we did smash some windows and we marched and like we got in police's faces and we said, you know, something has to change. So you uh, support the looting to a degree. I do, I do. I, I wouldn't do it myself, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize someone too much for that. I wouldn't say like go, you know, assault someone. I mean. Definitely, yeah. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe maybe assault someone, but not like I like I your know. way of thinking. Break some windows, so you know. It's just it's just class. Let's talk about the looting. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I feel these people are angry. They have a right to be angry. Um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these businesses that they destroyed, and you know, I feel uh, it made a point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it upset a lot of people. Tia, do you have something to add? Do you want to add in? What about all of the fucking businesses that are run by like people? Just them. That's the so only the thing that I have a problem with. The independent with. businesses. That's the only um, thing that I have a problem with when it comes to looting and rioting and shit. Like, I could give a fuck less. You guys want to go riot? Go ahead. Yeah. But like, really? Go rob Walmart. The fucking giant ass corporation. So maybe we yeah. could have targeted. In a perfect yeah. world, Walmart would get hit in quick we trip. Could, we could have focused in on certain businesses. Maybe that would have been a smarter yeah, avenue. Maybe some better like looting leadership. Like <laughs> right, we could. You. That's some organization. John, Gerald, you go hit this one. <coughs> like, I mean, let's why not? I bet MLK would have. Or let, yeah, let's. Hit, <laughs> well, well, he would not. Malcolm might. Have. Malcolm, yeah. <laughs> Martin wouldn't. Have. He would. He would not stood for the shit. But I feel like uh, <clears throat> I definitely agree with you as well. Like uh, more organized. You know yeah. what I mean. Um, Let's hit the corporate businesses, where the true enemy is, if you will. Uh, you know, us versus them. I hate to paint that picture, but it's rich it versus poor. But also, but also think, though, about... It's almost like a sacrificial lamb. Like, if you break some windows and r- into some businesses, like, that's going to make the news. That's going to make the front page versus just Black Lives Matter marches five blocks. You know, like, you can right. put that on the back page. But, like, everyone likes a good, like, something... Which got, I think is the only reason why anybody started looting in the first place i mean you have massive amounts of like news coverage over blm and then their marches and yeah. stuff. that's not getting what they want yeah. they're going to continue to get more and more aggressive because that's the only way to get things to change so do you I feel, feel like, how do you feel about the looting then i don't give do you fuck. feel it you got the point across yeah i mean duh, i mean they have partially i mean partially. with the things that uh, i feel I mean, there's still they more can never, work they're never gonna done. get any kind of legitimate like things that they want i mean this is america hmm. but yeah so off all of that you know i mean uh back to you um curious i like to dig deep here man so tell me a little bit about who you who you are where you come from as far as just from an early childhood man you was a, a young man yeah. to the man you are now what are some things that kind of got you to where you are at this point in time yeah, so, I mean, my, my parents are very spiritual. Uh, they, they've they always taught me to go to church. And I, I stopped for a year or two in college, but, I mean, I, uh, I've been back since. And, you know, I love going to church. And I actually recently just left the church because it was too vanilla. And, like, they just weren't, like, they just weren't out there enough. And I just, so, but I found a church, and I was there on Sunday. And I'm liking it a lot, but... Um, so that that's how I was raised. I mean, I grew up on the mission field, going to church a lot, went to a Christian school from f- sixth through twelfth grade. Um, 
I have four sisters, so kind of raised to have like good manners, like set the table properly. Like, you do seem very respectful. Yeah, I like that. Um, Something you don't get a lot these days. I know that's one thing I picked up in Lyft when I used to drive. I'd be like, man, people just don't talk to their friends very nice. Like every, like th- just the way they talk, there's just like attitude in it. There's not a lot of like. Or, like, active listening. Like, I don't know. I'm big on active listening. Like, uh-huh, yeah, or, you know, that's good. But, like, there wasn't a lot of that. And so, um, you know, society's definitely lacking, I think, some with uh, with uh, some social things that we used to have. People, like, prefer to, like, stay inside and watch Netflix, it seems, instead of, like, go out to a event. But, anyway, that's just uh, an opinion. But, like, um, so, yeah, my faith is very important. Um, good grammar. I like I like some, me some good grammar. I, yeah, uh, I'm not. I won't totally like dismiss someone if like they have a typo on their post, but like if they don't have a typo, I'm probably like gonna accept it a little bit more. Um, but I also believe in just finding what makes you happy, and also not forcing your opinion on others. I'm um, I'm not like super like pro. Um, you know pro-life or pro i mean i do and i do have those beliefs being a christian but it's like sometimes i think people just need to be able to make their own decisions and um you know and often if you don't force something on someone they'll they'll get there eventually i mean i don't feel like that with like you know with the civil rights movement like you got to have these laws in place but like other things that's more gray like gay marriage like you know don't force someone to not you know get who they want to marry just let them and maybe 50 years from now they'll they'll have a new opinion or something but um, so you're into letting people just be people yeah i support that oh, yeah like, it's kind of what we're about here on this show man we're we're here to be our truest selves express our truest thoughts and feelings and people don't like it with all due respect you know <laughs> what i mean they know the rest but uh yeah you know what i'm saying so i definitely get down with that man uh talk to me a little bit more about your faith man like i said you you're the first christian i've had on my show uh or openly christian you know what i mean we, we got a lot of people that are christian yeah they don't ever talk about being christian so yeah you know what i'm saying i always think that's pretty interesting when i have somebody that's that's open to discussing you know their faith man so feel free to talk about that cool um yeah i mean i've been a christian for um, so I was probably four, but, um, I mean, like most things in life, it's a process and like, sometimes you'll feel closer to God than at other times. But, um, and even if I were to denounce God tonight, I mean, I, I believe God wouldn't give up on me and like, there'd still be people coming into my life, planting seeds. And, and, uh, that's, that's one thing I believe too. Like say like God wants me to like tell someone about my faith, but like I disobey and I don't do it like I believe God who you know he's in his all loving ways that he's going to send someone else in your path it may not be like tomorrow but it might be two or three years from now but definitely before you you die and so that's one thing like with Boston like you know there weren't a lot of Christians in Boston comedy but like I think a lot of people knew I was and so like you know I didn't witness to a lot of them but I think just the fact them knowing that I was Christian, maybe planting a seed here and there, like at some point down the road, you know, I, I believe God can water that seed and maybe there'll be a harvest. But also, I'm also one of those Christians. I believe the earth is uh, 
it's a it's a young earth <laughs> i believe it's like six thousand years old that's mm-hmm. like not something you hear in school taught but i just think with you know noah's flood the bible says it was a, a worldwide flood it wasn't just like in a region and so basically covered the whole earth it covered all the mountains with water and because of that i think it basically aged the earth billions of years so that it seems super old but like there's so many things that point to it of you've got marine fossils on top of mountains you've got um if the earth was billions of years old the moon would be there'd be thicker amounts of dust on the the moon but it it's not if the world was billions of years old the the uh, salt content in the oceans would be a lot higher than it is just from things breaking down and so it's one thing i hold dear it's not like a deal breaker like if i were to date a girl and she thinks thought the world was billions of years old which I have theories that my girlfriend now thinks it is. I'm not gonna. He uh, said I got theories now that I. Because <laughs> she she like gives me these jabs of like that I'm not that I don't like science. I'm like I like science. I just don't like some of that science. And uh, so that's just one thing. I mean I don't bring that up a lot, but since you asked, but that is a part of my faith. And I also believe that like believing that the Earth is just thousands of years old. I think that what that <clears throat> I take away from that is it shows like how much more how important our lives are if the world's only been around 6,000 years you and me live a hundred years that's that's like a person that's like 0.6 percent of the whole earth that's like almost a percent and that's that's like one in a hundred that's that's like right there and so I just think that that shows us how much more precious and valuable our lives are that like in the grand scheme of things the world's not billions of years it's just like a few thousand years old and like we're gonna live a hundred years so like do your best like you're gonna make a difference hmm. and so that's how I live my life I want to make a difference um, you know I don't lead like a lot of people to God and like I, probably in the past two years I've only led like one guy to, to God but you know I'm always I'm always down to have a good conversation and that's that's a goal I have with my comedy that I can say something and then like open it up somewhere at the end of my set of like if you want to come talk to me after about anything I said like go for it so like I want to start doing that and like just uh, just talking to people I mean meeting where they're at not having an agenda of like I have to get this guy saved but just like just being a, a good good Christian man walking in his faith I mean I'm not perfect I cuss sometimes sometimes I think that like more Christians should cuss because I think it's just like it lets you be free and like it doesn't like inhibit your mindset like if I'm free to say fuck then it's like you know like things are just gonna come and go more easy you mm. know life's a cycle a big circle it's just like it's like water it just flows down it's like you know you just gotta loosen things up do you read? Yeah, I like to read. Are you currently reading some books? Uh, yeah. There's this uh, this one by this guy named Joshua Mills. He it's called like some power power portals. It kind of deals with like angels a lot and mm. things like that. I read another another one of his books. Um, that was really good. So I'm sort of reading that. I um what else i was reading this book about like eight eight christian women that were like persecuted for their faith and it's by this organization called the voice of the martyrs but i ended up giving that book to my girlfriend for valentine's day one of the things i gave her so hopefully she'll read it quickly and i can get it back but 
last last year I read good. I read like a book a month, so that's like the pace I'm hoping to to do. So I've read I think two books this year. I read a Nicholas Sparks book that my girlfriend gave me for Christmas, and then which one? Which one? I think Every Breath. It's a newer one. I think 2018, 2019. Is Nicholas Sparks good? I love yeah, Nicholas Sparks. Sparks. I mean, he's so good that like pretty much every book he writes gets made into a movie. Mm-hmm. So like, Word. and he's only done like twelve books, so it's not like he's writing like dozens like some of these. He like puts out quality stuff, just like one or two a year. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, like uh, Walk to Remember, The Notebook. Those are he wrote The Notebook. He did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Word. I ain't know. I ain't even there's seen the movie one. Before. There's one movie that I saw by Nicholas Sparks, and I in like the end of the movie, I was sitting in my theater chair bawling my eyes out hmm. and i have never cried during a movie and i was just sitting there like why did they end it like that like what's going on you know a movie i cried to hmm. the infinity war did you really of course Bro, you did so terribly <laughs> it was bad to the point like and i cried not because it was sad but because where else am i ever gonna see anything this amazing ever in my life but it was i cried so bad to the point at the end of the movie the old lady behind me got up and like touched my shoulder like are you okay son <laughs> i'm like yo spider-man's dead no i'm not okay like this is not right my life is over so it was pretty intense for me you yeah know? Superhero uh, movies are good, man. I haven't even seen The Last Avengers. I saw, I think The Last Avengers I saw was Civil War. Yeah. Which was incredible. So long ago. I know, but so like long ago. all the plots, I'm like, this is like, they put so much dang thought into all this. Like, they this do. is a quality cinematic it's a good, experience. I, they are putting forth <laughs> the greatest amount of effort. They right are. Now. Those movies. It's not are. just half assed, like, we're just going to have a bad guy and a superhero in a cape and then they're going to fight. It's like. Right. It's like superhero ooh. movies from when I was a kid lacked oh, yeah. substance. They did. Yeah. You know they what really I'm saying? Did. And now those are the movies to go see. If you want to see good writing, good dialogue, good action, good whatever. It's not even about the action. You could take away the action, I feel, of those superhero movies, and it's just a bomb storyline. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I definitely rock with those films right now. Mm-hmm. Really? I like too that they weren't too dark. Like I think Batman got too dark, and they just enjoyed being dark and depressing. See, like, I love the dark side. Infinity, of like uh, Avengers, is just like the right amount. I think. Yeah, I'm really into the dark side of things, but it's just it's my it's my taste. I mean, I like, you really I have like, to watch the rest of the Marvel universe. I you agree. can't just start watching it yeah. and then stop it at Civil War. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> I'm curious, man, what type of things do you do for, like, self-care, like, in your free time? What do you do for, and you told me you play Frisbee golf and things like that. I'm sure that's a... a Ultimate Frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee. It's with, like, seven on seven. What is Frisbee golf? Frisbee golf. Frisbee golf is where you go do the freaking, the baskets that are just, like, in parks, and you throw your disc into it. Okay, so then what is Ultimate Frisbee? It's kind of like golf. Ultimate Frisbee is, like, soccer, football. So you throw a disc down the field to your teammates, and then you try to get it in an end zone. So can't you like not it's, move? It's, dope. it's really you, cool. Do you guys tackle each other? No, like you can't touch each other at all. If someone even like hits into you, you can call a foul, and like you'll get the disc. So that it's a non-contact intense. sport. There's no referee, so it's a lot of like respect and like not cheating and stuff like that. So That's dope. That's yeah, dope. it's a great sport. I even coached it for two seasons in Boston on a varsity Word. level. Yeah, is that where you picked it up? No, I picked it up in high school, so a long time ago. So did I. Yeah. All those years ago, I started all my nice. at school. But yeah, man. Uh, as far as self care goes, yeah, self care, reading, going for walks, 
playing sports, traveling. This is actually the longest amount of time in my 30 years of life that I haven't left the state of Oklahoma or yeah. or where I live, which was Russia. So I haven't left. I haven't been out of Oklahoma since April of last year, which when I drove up to Wyoming, Montana, Utah, Nevada, took a nice road trip. But um, so, yeah, I'm excited to get out of state. I think my next trip, it's not that great, but I'll just go up to Wichita for a weekend mm. and like see the sights. That's what's up. That's what's up. What type of shit did you learn in Russia, man? That's crazy. Uh, how to kill people? No. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> how, how to, to kill people and get away with it. Um, just homeschooling, so hanging out with my sister, playing outside, climbing trees, playing basketball and soccer. Uh, you know, going to church. My parents would have like children's church and stuff. In the summers, we'd go to like some camps and like put on services and then it'd be medical things and stuff like that so go with like some americans um i mean russia was pretty low-key i'd read a lot of books i didn't have a any gaming system then a lot of times we didn't even have a tv so i wasn't watching many movies most of my movie watching has been since i've been you know middle school high school especially as an adult Hmm. so there there's a lot of those movies that like you'll name that like everyone's seen but i haven't seen but I've tried, you know, like when Blockbuster went out of business, I went and I got like as many classics as I could get, like Jaws and uh, Schindler's List and um, Psycho and like just, because I I try to be like a knowledgeable movie person. Like one of my hobbies is like trying to watch as many of the best picture winners as I can. So I've I've seen about half of them of the like 90 of them, 90 or 100 of them, so... I'm pretty good about that. <laughs> That's dope, man. Uh, we're nearing the end of the episode, man, so let me ask you real quick. Uh, probably my last question, man, just because I'm curious on some nerd shit. Who are you currently studying, man, as far as comedy goes? Who who, who are you watching consistently, man? Who are you taking uh, knowledge from? Uh, yeah, so lately it's been uh, Mark Norman and Sam Morell in New York. They're these mm. guys. They're like mid-30s. Uh, I actually was fortunate... Uh, last month went down to uh, Oklahoma City and Mark Norman was performing at a big comedy club down there and so we went and saw him live so that was really cool Um, they've been putting out specials even with the pandemic and they're hustling Sam Morell just got his first Netflix special even though like he's he's dope like he should have been on for a while but um, but yeah Sam Morell he they both they're kind of similar they don't tell like these like long stories too often it's more just like funny idea talk about it for a few sentences and then do the punchline or like you know comparison um things like that so i guess mark norman right now the most hmm. he, he's he's super good and he he's able to be edgy but like because he's so playful and like fun about it like he can get away with it like he can he can do just like a cheesy like abortion joke or a cheesy like whatever any any edgy topic and so um yeah i think you got to be able to be kind of edgy in comedy you have to be able to walk the line sometimes you can't just be like pc and think that it's going to be funny too too much i definitely agree with you man (laughs) that's real dope uh man if you got any social media you want to plug up anything like that upcoming gigs man feel free yeah you know thanks uh Instagram, comedian Caleb Kemp. Uh, Facebook, comedi- uh, Caleb Kemp hyphen comedian. Uh, Twitter, I don't 
tweet. I have one, but I'm not even going to give it. Um, uh, and then I've I've got two shows coming up Thursday, Friday. I've got one at the uh, the Whittier Bar on Thursday night. It's a showcase, and then I've got a Friday one. It's Josiah's going to be on it. It's a uh, it's a uh, like new faces of Tulsa. So it's at Deco Lounge downtown. So I think both those are at seven o'clock. So. That's dope. That's dope, man. We'll definitely try to get some people out there. Yeah. Uh, I'll mention it in when we post this episode as well. You know Where what I'm saying? So, is that the Whittaker? Uh, Whittier Bar. Whittier. It's, it's Admiral yeah, and, if you Admiral and Lewis. Down, write that stuff down. It's uh, Admiral and Lewis. Okay. Next to, uh, there's this coffee shop. It's a good coffee shop, uh, Sheber's Coffee. They also have an open mic there Thursday nights that I go to. I'm like their house comedian. For so, for so, man. Uh, that's dope. There's a lot more things I wanted to ask you, bro. Like I said, we nearing the end. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, first off, man, I mean, thank you for coming. I yeah. appreciate you just rocking with me, man. I know it took a while to get you here. Uh, Thanks you for know, having man. me. Yeah, appreciate yeah, most it. definitely. Because we got a good thing going on here. We enjoyed it. We, we vibing. But, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the With All Due Respect podcast. I am your host, Castro X, Two Titty in the Building, as usual, man. And, I give y'all Caleb Kemp. Thank y'all. Peace. I need like a little round of applause, but <laughs> we out. <laughs>